Welcome to Burn Everything. This is a podcast where we primarily talk about art, creativity, culture, and everything in between. It's called Burn Everything because, well, everything's kind of fucked. And sometimes you just need to start from scratch and rise from the ashes. All right, I'm John Nicholas, and I use they, them pronouns. My name is Matt Nicholas, and I use he, him pronouns. We're both young creatives who happen to be related to each other. And let's get started. Welcome to episode three of mm-hmm. Burn Everything. Wild. Episode three already. Cool. We're going to get right into it. Uh, for those unfamiliar with the show, uh, we basically like go back and forth on like topics and stuff that uh, either one of us has prepared. Uh, the other one does not know um, like what the other one has prepared for the day. Uh, that's kind of the fun of the show. Yeah, Matt, take it away. Oh, wait, I forgot. We have to say the creative thing we did. So I did, I guess, a few different things, but I guess the two most recent were uh, one, I made a time lapse of putting out like cards uh, that my our mom has received um, over the course of the last like year for her cancer diagnosis. And we made like a little time lapse, like heart thing. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it was really uh, cute. Posted a few different places. And then the other was last night, I, for some reason, had the inspiration to try and write uh, music for a song. That sounds awesome. And I, it, it went okay. Yeah. But yeah. Well, what about you, John? I, um, so I've like, I've been working on like a yearbook because I, I am an, I am the editor in chief of a yearbook staff at my school. It's a fun time. Yeah, I've been working on that and I made some really cool decisions on some stuff. I really had to like redo some things uh because i had an idea part way through i'll talk about it with you matt after the podcast is over because it's a secret secret Mm. um because you know i'm not allowed not allowed to divulge what it's really about but i'll i'll tell you because yeah anyway okay cool yeah that was the thing cool all right well did you want to start it off this week i guess i will this is yeah wild okay uh so my topic for this week um is about it was it was inspired by a show that I dearly love, uh, Sex Education, um, which is it's a lovely show on Netflix. It's mm-hmm. very British. Um, it's it talks about like uh, sex positivity, um, like queerness. Um, it like like handles a little bit of racism too. It's it's a beautiful show. It is a very pretty show. Uh, it's like visually it's pretty. Uh, like writing great. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Um, but anyway, it inspired me uh, to have a conversation about like how media has really how media in general and art has affected our concepts of like not just like me and Matt's concepts, concepts, concepts. C words are really hard today. Anyway, I'm talking about how media has really like affect like has affected people's ideas of sex and gender and all of the complexities within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I I wanted to talk about it a little bit because I like I was watching the show and they like were having a really cool conversation about like um the entire show was a little bit about how like we do have this such odd stigma around sex and especially like there there's like so many like complex parts of that because there's like like shame aspects that are very like rooted in a lot of things and there's also like there's also some very like aspects within that shame about like homophobia and like transphobia within that and like in general like like a lot there's a lot of really complex stuff within that i don't know i wanted to hear your take on it and just like have an open conversation about like sexy tings yeah i i definitely think it's so rooted in our culture that we are so unwilling to talk about sex in general and i think that just comes down to a lot of really religious influences. Agreed. I think. Like something that I was just reminded of that happened this week is that we've obviously have been having a whole bunch of different guests over at our house a lot lately to see our mother, who uh, if no one knows watching this podcast, was diagnosed with uh, neuroendocrine tumors, a rare form of cancer. But anyways, uh, one of our uh, the people that was staying over this week was is basically we we call her Aunt Gerlin. But she's basically our, I guess, like second cousin removed. Anyway, she yeah. was talking about 
how she was like she's our 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 mom's godmother and when she was 16 uh that was when our mom was born and she went to her baptism and i didn't know this was a thing but apparently in the church in the 60s um the wife or you know the mother who birthed a child was not allowed into the church um after she had the baby because um she would have to be like repent and like shame for for having sex um at all even for the purposes of conception so i I think she said it was called being churched and like the the yeah john's face is really gassed wide open so like you can't see my face but i am i am shooketh yeah and i had no idea this was a thing and she was telling us about this and i was like why on earth would the would the catholic church be so ashamed of of women just having sex even for the purpose of conception like like what yeah so i i had no no idea but that's, i just i just found that out this week that's wild um like and, there's there's so much yeah you finish yeah i i just think and and that's just a reflection of a whole bunch of different things like with our culture that are i don't know towards sex that are just like so skewed like for example i don't i did have um some sort of like sex education but it was not nearly as much as like some of my friends from like college and stuff and all, all sorts of different things and i just wonder why that is like i it's got to be r- rooted in some sort of i don't know just religion or some like i don't understand why we're so ashamed to talk about it because it's so yeah. unhealthy for young adults and kids who have no idea and the only thing they have to turn to like coming back to this topic is media yeah is like you know porn or movies or like yeah like shows talking about like which is wildly unhealthy which which is not good whatsoever unless it's like unless it's like a show made by like a like a like sexual health professional like 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 in the idea of like making PBS yeah like a PBS special or something like stuff like that but yeah i think it is deeply rooted in a lot of like in a in like in religion and a whole lot of other things and i think i don't know and I, it's it's so wild to like that people like just like don't want to talk about it because it's it is like it is proven that people are safer and are smarter when you do talk about it and like you do have like and there's education involved with it um because yeah and like an example of this is like if you're not aware of what's happening in texas like Mm. um about like uh like abortion vans and stuff like it's wild like that's ridiculous because like if if there is rather than like just being like this is a bad thing um like that's that's really harmful to a lot of people and like rather than rather than like doing that like teach people like real sex ed and being like this is how like contraception like contraception works and this is how like making sure that like like figuring that out and having those conversations and like actually like really educating people rather than just like shaming them and like and shaming well a shaming them and then b in the case of texas forcing them to have children um most of the time Mm -hmm. and also like causing like real like either forcing them to have children or like causing like real bodily harm in like other cases where like people like like if they're like forced to have birth like that's a whole like real bad thing that could happen um yeah and i think a lot of um also what we need to talk about in media in or in changing about our how we show sex in media and in general is talking about consent yeah absolutely how in media and in movies you know especially there is this idea of like women you know giving chase you know the playing the game of like when in reality no means no yes that's that's how it should be (laughs) period and and in so many movies over the you know this last century that has not been the predominant narrative it's been that oh when she says no that you you have to 
it you have to keep giving chase to it you have to that just means that it's not yet or something like that and and men then chasing after that yeah there's um this thing that i don't think i've talked about on the podcast yet that i was um had been watching recently it's also by the pop culture detective who we've talked about before it was the one youtube channel about the it's called the stalker trope is how he puts it and it's normally about how a man who's not normally considered in hollywood's range of desirable you know normally like the dorkier or whatever um character and he is basically chasing after this girl who's either like out of his league or something like that. And she always, you know, it's always that she says no, but he continues to follow her and like, you know, stalking, stalking her, stalking for love. And then literally some of like the things they depict in movies are things that you could be arrested for and charged for, but it's all shown in like the way of, you know, it being, courting and like yeah. ho- like hollywood version of that like i can think of you know so many examples of like the big you know gesture out of nowhere that you know she has to you know she either says like no no to and is like then construed as like heartless or whatever like yeah and things that like are 100 percent considered stalking yeah um just being depicted like that and I think we need to really reframe um, in media what actually is, you know, proper behavior between, you know, consent and like men, you know, quote unquote, courting like yeah. women. And then also with all of that is, you know, LGBTQ like plus yeah. representation in all of that and it being the same thing and the same yeah. problems too. And it's. I don't know, it's really complex it's really, and layered problem. Yeah. But we've just continued to reinforce these like really bad behaviors um, yeah. in movies and TV. And it's really good that some shows like Sex Education have been cropping up to show how things should act, ho- hopefully giving better examples to, yeah. to youth about how relationships should be. Yeah, basically. and I think it's also... Um, I think it's like especially with like sex education as an example like it also like talks about like what like being a victim feels like of like sexual assault because that that like that is a thing that happens in the show spoilers I guess but like that is that is a like a little bit of the, the show like the show handles a lot of really like really important topics um but that is that is something that they handle and that's something that they're that they talk about and like remind that it is very um like there, there there's literally a scene where like a bunch of like this is a spoiler but like this is oh no this is important uh where like a bunch of like yeah i think it's yeah it's all women like sitting in a circle that like are literally being like yeah like this guy was weird to me like this and then like this guy like like did this thing to me like i was sexually assaulted whatever and i i think it it shows that like it shows a talking about it and the normalcy of being able to share that while also showing how wrong that is because i think there is sometimes a little bit of because of media and because of like what we have as a culture which we like do have a very like rape culture idea mm-hmm. um yeah. and i think we in in that scene in particular it is shown that it of being like like how how messed up that is and that sometimes people don't even like realize like like that there are like real life examples of people that like have didn't realize that they were raped and because of how rape culture exists and i think that is i think that's the kind of things that like we need to break down so that people can like so people a can recognize it b can call it out yeah and and so it it doesn't happen yeah because it 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 happens too often yeah it's so awful i i am still um you know, connected to my university's email listing Ooh. and it's, we get alerts on forcible assault notifications too many times, far too many times. And those are just the ones that are reported. Yeah. And it's something supposed to be like for every six, there's like 200 others that aren't reported Yeah, just in a, in a college campus. And it, it's, it's just, 
It's really sad yeah. and awful. And I, I think it comes down to that we have to include, make that more of a priority in either our education system or changing the culture around it through media um, in general and, you know, depicting healthy relationships and yeah, and how that works. But it it's, it's really sad. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think it's also a thing about like not, not shaming people around sex because I think, yeah. I think that that shame aspect also brings in like much more like of that because I think if they're if people didn't have shame about it they wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel as uncomfortable when they're having that like having conversations about it and when rather than using it as like a this isn't something that you should talk about or do um as a mechanism to try to people to have people like stop doing it which never works it's the same idea with like alcohol like yeah. if if kids like don't understand what it is and are just told, Hey, don't do that. Like it's the, it's the same concept. Like you, that's why like in like the UK, they're like, have a little bit of wine with dinner as yeah. a child, because it's like, you understand what you to like be able to understand what it is and understand like how it works and like how you feel because of it and be in control of it rather than like in the U S and like other places uh, where it's like, you don't have it, you never, and or whatever, and then when you finally get it, you go crazy on it because you've never, you don't know how it works, you've never done it before, um, yeah. which I think we see a lot in, like, college and, like, a lot of other atmospheres. Um, mm. And I think the same is true for a lot of, like, like, sex because I think people don't talk about it and then they're, like, they, like, finally are, are like, exposed to it and then they, like, go crazy or, or unsafe or like whatever and it's it's this it's the same kind of aspect of being like of the unsafe aspect with because you're not talking about it like you're mm. there's a lot of really valid and really good things that can like happen through sex and through like sex positivity but like you need you also need to like be careful because like that is just a fact of life like you just need to be careful period about a lot of things um yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and I think that's, I don't know, I think that's something we'll probably talk about more on this podcast because I think it is a a wide topic um, with a lot of really complex little bits. And I also really like sex, sex Education, the show. Hopefully, I think this might be their last season, but um, if not, I'll probably talk about it more, but I really like it. Cool. Do you want to move on to your topic? Uh, yeah, or? I was trying to think if I wanted to add anything to this, but I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Okay, cool. cool. I think we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your topic. Okay, there's so, many notes for this. I just want everyone to know. Yeah, I have. A, I just want. I just want people to understand that Matt took notes. There is a a yellow legal pad. Right. Yeah. This is well. The reason I did that is because this is a topic that I actually don't know a ton about, and this is something we'll go into. But um, my first topic for today, at least, is going to be talking about NFTs. And for anyone who doesn't know, um. You know, the internet has shamed me. I only have recently been investigating NFTs for about the last like couple weeks or so. And the internet has constantly been like, unless you've been living under a rock, you won't know about this. So for anyone who doesn't know what NFTs are, including me, John. I'm Googling it right now. I will explain right now. Okay. So for the past couple months, actually more like the past like year or two, this has been a very hot topic um, in the area of like cryptocurrency and all that. Uh, and because it's still so new, most people have no idea really what it is. So NFT stands for a non-fungible token. And I'll explain how this is like kind of relating to art and creativity as I go. But let me explain like what it is first. So a non-fungible token, non-fungible meaning non-replaceable. So a non-replaceable item that is one of a kind has exceptionally more valuable than something that say that is replaceable. Um, but then this is talking about how it relates to that into the internet. So that's where the token part comes in. So a token and talking about this is like a digital certificate of like an item on the internet. So like a picture or a GIF or a video, uh, except this digital certificate uh, must be stored in what's called a blockchain. So this is a lot of different terms here. And so okay. I'm going to explain what that is here too. Cool. So this is all relating to like kind of cryptocurrency and all of that. I swear I'm getting here somewhere <laughs> with this. Um, so 
a blockchain. So for centuries, banks have independently kept track of all our money. They've kept a tally of all our transactions between people and companies. And this sums up into, you know, our account balance that's in our bank statements and all that. Um, that's what a blockchain is? No, let me okay, explain. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So increasingly, our money has just become ones and zeros and they're not actually physical cash and our cash anymore is not even backed by gold or anything real anymore. Yeah. So people have recently realized that they can do the same thing and keep track um, of their transactions publicly on the internet. And this is the basis for cryptocurrency. They can publicly keep a ledger of all the transactions that happen through this currency and this is what is called a blockchain. So it's a public ledger stored on computer servers across the world that keeps track of all this. So getting back to this, an NFT, it, in, to sum up, is a little digital certificate of an item on the internet that is unique and non-replaceable and is publicly verifiable through this public ledger. Yeah. So this is this whole like drawn out explanation, but basically why you should care about this is because you know, the nyan cat gif. Yes. That sold through this, these NFT sites has sold for $580,000. Wow. But what's weird is that that sold, but anyone can still view it for free. Anyone can still download a copy of it for free. And yeah. So it's really hard to like explain what this is to people and I'm, and it's not like a copyright. Yeah. So I guess why should people care about this is really what's confusing and why should artists care about it? So if you think about, um, NFTs, like a unique painting that you have just made and say that art collectors want to buy that painting and they want to, you know, have it collect and use as a status item and all that. But they put it up in like a shop window and anyone can still walk by it and take a picture of it and view it for free and not have to see it. That's kind of like what this is. Yeah. So they, the NFT owner like owns this thing, but it's still publicly available on the internet. And this is so, it's so hard to explain. And I think this is why it's like kind of bullshit at the same time. Yeah. Because it's not like copyright. You don't get like you don't get money unless you negotiate with the the purchaser you don't sell the copyright of whatever your artwork is to somebody so basically copyright dates back to like the 1800s and yeah. everything like that but in i think it was 1995 they updated it for the internet or 1996 so that basically whenever you create a work it's automatically copyrighted inherently you don't have to worry about it whatsoever but this is something different where people are buying basically the the object in their own right on the internet as like a collector's item, even though all they own is really nothing more than like a unique hash on this on this blockchain that shows the transaction record and then the hyperlink to the artwork. That's all they technically own. So what is interesting is that like I have been thinking about going on there um, for anyone who wants to learn more about how to actually do this and actually sell stuff. You can look up videos and everything like that. I saw this kind of mediocre one that's, that was okay. It's called how to buy and sell NFTs for profit by um, Max Maher. It shows you step-by-step -step how to like sell them the artwork and everything like that, but it puts artists in a unique position because they can basically sell their work still retain the copyright of it. So it's kind of like I could sell my painting like a print or I could sell a print of like a photograph to somebody. They are now the unique owner of that, even though I still have the, the copyright ownership of it. It's really such a strange thing. But anyways, if you want to go and try and figure it out, I uh, am going to personally go and try to list um, this one painting that John and I did about uh, in the middle of COVID, and I really like that painting. It's very yeah, cool. <laughs> and what's nice is I can take a picture of that, put it up on um, it's OpenSea.io is like the website that you can sell NFTs on. I can put that on there, and I can still retain the original painting and all of that, and all the copyright for it. 
but I could sell that for like, you know, $200 on that site and still make money, but it's through cryptocurrency. So I guess the, the, the discussion part of this, after I've explained this really yeah. long-winded thing that probably didn't make any sense. No, I think it was, it was very so, insightful. Isn't it so abstract that we're taking these like, you know, pictures and things on the internet and claiming like value on it? And how that's now becoming a thing. Like we're claiming that, you know, this gif of a, the Nyan cat thing is now worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I think it's just so strange that this is how we're moving forward with things. And that there's actually money there for artists if they want to try it. I'm a little hesitant still. I think you should do your research as well. I am sorry if I have not done a great... <laughs> job of explaining this but think of it as like selling your unique piece of artwork to somebody even though you're still keeping the copyright i guess like your own painting um and it it's really strange yeah and i think this might be the future of how we might go about copywriting thing because what it what it does is it you know obviously keeps the ledger of the licensing getting transferred between people yeah so it'll always keep that. And what's cool is that if you're the artist of a work, um, you can set it up so that you make commission off of every time it's sold. Like not even if you sell it oh. to somebody, then that person sells it to somebody, you can make um, a little money off, off, of, off that. of that. Oh. And like forever. So it could be a really a good way for people to make money from it. I, I don't know how I feel about it though. And after I've explained it to you, John, I guess I don't know. The way the confused look that you're yeah. giving me is like no, I'm like not pon- sure I'm like pondering. Well. Um, so let me let me ask a clarifying question. Yeah, that maybe will help the audience also have a clarification. Yeah. Um, so it's basically like you're buying. You're not so like whenever like an NFT is created, it's not the the actual work, like the physical work. It is a digital version of the work, and that is that's what you're selling, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about it as like if, you like it is a it is a like transactional like you like have the like receipt verified kind of thing that like I have claim over this digital asset that like but I don't I don't like fully own the asset but I own a version of it. Yeah. Right. Is that I I think that's what I think that's my understanding of it. It's right. Yeah. You. It's like it if, can be like they own, I guess the they don't own the rights to anything. Yes, yes. They just own this particular unique digital version. asset of it. So it's this unique file on the internet, whether it's okay. an image or whatever. They own that specific thing. And so, I, so, so, what I'm hearing is the only the only difference between like so if it's like so if your example is like a print. Or versus like a, like you have like an NFT of the same image. And if you, so like, let's say you like sell that image, that person hangs it up on their house, people see it, that kind of thing. It gets like that kind of thing. But if selling it as an NFT, you get it, someone uses it, whatever, but then it's like shows the transactions that is whatever. So if they send it to a friend or whatever, it shows that trend like that it like it tracks those kind of transactions mm. no i'm that's not not i don't know if i'm explaining it what, what i'm if trying you to send ask. it to it no i mean like so it's like uh so that person i don't know what i'm trying to say it's just really i i it's see, confusing the thing yeah and i guess the thing that i wanted to discuss about it more than what it is is like how strange it is that we're shifting towards this like digital valuing of things rather than a physical product. Um, I, I just think it's really weird. The conversation I was having with um, dad the other day is that basically like this is like a weird extension of the fact that that this is a form of how all art necessarily doesn't have a physical use right yeah you know you're not gonna it's not like a hammer where it's a tool that you're using for a specific thing of building something or yeah or or anything like that yeah value of a piece of art is something is based off of what you put onto it yeah if you find it beautiful 
or if you find um it's subject or yeah. objective value versus subjective value yes yeah art is art's value is very subjective and this yeah. is just another way of turning that same thing except it's now going from you know you valuing a physical product of art as a certain value whether you love like the painting or print of something or even the film of that and now you're going on to saying that like this gif on the internet hasn't has a value to me and i want to buy it and that's what's weird and i think that's what's like strange about all of this that is really weird and i think it is i think it's a i think it's an interesting extension and a good i don't know i think it's i think it's something to like look into further and like to have to like keep in the back of like your mind as an artist in general i think it's something to like work like mm. work on and look into because i think if like like it's it sounds very like it could like be very helpful for artists to like actually like be able to like make money and like do like do better in that aspect of like having like feeling safer a little bit i suppose i guess how i kind of feel about it is that i'm I'd like to experiment with it. I think right now it's just a hype train. It's kind of a, yeah. it's a, it's gonna, I honestly think it's going to be a fad. I think that like, it's not that, you know, the selling of these NFTs for hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions even will not continue. But I think what might happen is that something along these lines of how we're using, um, the internet and servers to transfer copyright i think something in that line of how the system is working you know like through the blockchains yeah. as i tried to explain it how that is happening of you know the transfer between that i think that's what's going to actually have an, a real world effect and change um because i don't i don't think any part of how this this nft trading and stuff is going to continue at least in my mind i i don't know and i think this is something to look into if you are interested in it as an artist something that worries me in with my work in particular with it is that what if down the line nfts do turn into a um internationally recognized form of like basically copyright yeah. I sell my photograph on there and therefore the person who owns that now has copyright over my photograph and now I'm in trouble if I am use that. printing my own photographs and selling them yeah. um, even though I am the author and of them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's where I'm a little worried about and I'm... A little like concerned on how things are going to continue with this, but I think it's like an interesting thing. And I, and some some of what I've heard is that some of the communities around um, NFTs and in this has been have been really good for people because they've been actually able to make um, an income. For me, in particular, I feel like I'm not the type of artist that's you know making something and then. And then, like, I'm not, like, a painter that's going to make yeah. a painting so that I can then sell it to someone yeah. and then, and all of or that. Or, like, a digital I wanna, artist or something. You know, like I'm going to take this photograph so that as a part of a project and want to be able to sell it as a print or whatever and retain the copyright. I'm a little worried about how things are going to progress with Yeah, it. and I, I also so I wonder... I don't know. Yeah, I also wonder about, like, like music kind of things, too. Mm -hmm. I wonder how that could, like, fall into there, but I don't know if that's... I don't I don't know if that falls in like would can fall into there would yeah, fall it, into it there can, yeah um what's like, weird is that even like tweets like the like co-founder of Twitter made the first ever tweet right and that tweet is an NFT that got sold for like around three million dollars like <laughs> that's what I don't understand about this like how does that have like at this but point it just you... feels like something that like rich people are having fun like with yeah, like collectibles like being about. like i own the first tweet hmm. yeah um like what do you how do you like how what do you how do you own that like yeah. those are just like some words that someone said in a specific order and 
under a blue box that Twitter made. Like it's I, it's I practically nothing. I don't understand it. And I'm I mean I think maybe why I personally have hesitancy towards all of this is cuz like I'm very much a I don't even know. I I don't even like, you know, social media that much to be yeah. honest. You know, I'm yeah, like I kinda I'm like too. a very I would holistic. I'm trying to come up with the adjective. I I don't know. Like I love the natural order of things and nature and physical products. Yeah. And that's half the reason why I still shoot film is because it's analog and yes. physical rather than a, a digital image, you know? Um, you're a little bit of a... I'm, I'm an old soul, You're an old I guess. soul. And that's Which why... Which sounds crunchy, but, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm an old soul, but I'm 22. But you're you know? 22. Um, um, and it's just, like, I have been having trouble with it. So that's... Yeah. I, so the reason I started looking into it is because of one of our family friends recommending that I maybe sell my photographs on there. And I was, I had no idea. I thought NFT, is that some sort of stock market yeah. like term it that I don't know? It does sound like a white man zodiac kind well, of thing. I mean, that's like, it's <laughs> it's just like confusing. And I'm just like, where's, where yeah. is this actually going? I don't even like, I mean, crypto makes sense to me a little bit more because with, uh, with your explanation of uh, crypto in there, I've learned more about crypto than I've learned in many, like in many videos that I've yeah. tried to figure out. I was like, what is crypto? Well, I mean, it makes sense because like our money nowadays really has no value, like yeah. really has no backing it's, it's value the, to it's it. The, like I think we talked about this last episode of like that it's like monetiz like it's like this is a transaction that has occurred and this is how much this item is because of the amount of work that is put into it or whatever which is also completely like all subjective because yeah. it's like, yeah. Um, which I guess like is kind of like how like crypto works is that it's very much just like, this is a, a different unit of measure. Right. I think I'm explaining that correctly, well, that it's an online unit instead of like a physical like bill or a num or like the number in your bank account. Right. Which yeah. it's just, it's just a different version of that. But, and also it's trackable like with the like blockchains. Yeah, yeah, publicly trackable. Rather and, than, like, bank ideas of, public, of yeah, tracking. Yeah, which, it's just which all... Which sounds cool, but also, like, is really crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it is cool in a way that, like, it, it is and it isn't. Yeah. So here's the thing about all of this that I also don't like, um, that actually has a real-world impact. Yeah. So, the blockchain that, um that actually does have most of the NFTs on it um, is called uh, Ethereum. Like, it, that's the... That's a sick-ass name, by the way. It, yeah, it's called, it's called <laughs> Ethereum, and it's, it's the currency that, it, it, like, most of the NFTs are traded in, most okay. of them, even though I think they are moving on to different type, types of um, currency. So as a clarification, Ethereum is a form of cryptocurrency? It's a it's it's a form of cryptocurrency. Okay. And Ethereum is a blockchain. So Ethereum. Okay. Um, I, I'm has servers now. like that basically are just doing like they're just doing the transactions, right? They're just yeah. like recording all these different transactions constantly, and they have servers all over the world. I think, and I found in my research about them is that they consume the same amount of electricity in like maintaining these servers as the entire country of serbia uses so what yeah so <laughs> that has a real world impact because if that you know electricity is not you know clean energy yeah that has really damaging has real impact on our environment which, like, like which if, we're already fucking which up. Which we're already really fucked up. So that's where I'm at with, with that. And I'm just like, I don't know. You know, bartering. Bartering. I think we said it <laughs> last, po like, la I think we come back to this every episode of the podcast. I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> we've only had three episodes. <laughs> we've only had three episodes, but we have circled. Yeah. We have circled around the idea of how capitalism will destroy us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyways, I... I guess what I have come down to the conclusion is that I'm going to continue to look very hesitantly at NFTs. I might experiment with it a little bit, you know, 
throughout this future of things because it's one thing you know you don't want to miss out on this type of stuff but you also like will it really matter in the grand scheme of things yeah it's very like it's a little bit of fomo but also like like what like does it even matter yeah like i mean i think there's definitely some value in in it um if you are a artist right now and trying to you know make a living uh but it's something i'm going to very hesitantly look at uh but i would much prefer to be able to just sell physical products and that's just me yeah um so yeah anyways let's move on to your topic that was a very long winded and i hope people got value out of that but I i don't know i think it was very educational and i really appreciated it um okay so we are going to go to re- a returning topic, a new for this series, for this show, series, it's a series now, <laughs> um, a new for this show, we have a returning topic, why Big Bang Theory sucks. Ooh, always great, always, always fun. Always good to hear from this list. I really like this. I mean, I, I kind of hate the show, but I, I like to, I like to trash some, sometimes I like to hate things. Sometimes, no, it's fun. Sometimes it's fun to hate things. Yeah. Um, where do you? Where would? You, where? What? What do? You, what should I start with today? Mm. Mm. Go where your heart leads you. I think today your hate heart. Uh, my hate heart. Um, I think we'll start with the shaming. Well, well, this goes in with what I talked about earlier: slut shaming wow. and anti-sex work. Um, mm. is what I have written down. I think there is a a big part of the show where they really um kind of shame sex and shame all, like a lot of like around like feelings around that there's also a lot of i feel like a lot of like odd shame there's also like a lot of like religious stuff that's involved in that show that is mm. also like probably like really tells you a lot about like what where that shame is coming from and it's also like really anti-sex work in the sense that like it doesn't like they are really like rude to sex workers i think there is actually an episode where there is a sex worker on like that is not like a like a working sex worker, but a character who's a sex worker, mm. um, on the show who they're just like rude to her, and it is very like objectify. It's it's like objectifying, but also like not treating her like like this is her like this is her job. Yeah, sex work is real work. Period, and that like the like the idea of it being like shameful and gross or whatever, which is just like also like a whole complex thing that is really complicated and should really be broken down because like 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 the the concept of like li- that we live in a capitalist society and being like oh i have this thing that people do for free that i can make people pay for because i'm good at it that's that's thinking like a real money maker like that's what that like and it's it's really strange that people that are like super conservative and capitalist are like you can't do sex work it's gross and it's like no it's a genius money making opportunity you idiot yeah like it's so dumb that people that like it's like that it's this like weird taboo thing when it's literally just like well, it's i'm been a, around for it's been centuries. around for ever well, yeah and being like of being like this whole concept of like that's like of being like i don't know it's dumb because people like people if people are like i'm hot and people want to pay for that that's awesome Live mm. your life, be safe about it, and like make that money. You go. Like yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh quick pull on that. I think like it's really strange how they um they the the shaming goes both ways, right? They slut shame like Penny in that show, but then they also like flip on its head shame Sheldon for being a virgin and for being like yeah. not not um in in society's ne- necessarily definitions of normal, um, I guess roles of yeah sexuality. Yeah, I which I like, think he, really he's very asexual, and he, I think they should have written him as a like on the spectrum asexual person. Yeah, that's like that's how they started the show writing him, and then they make fun of that the rest of the time. Yeah, and then they it's also stupid. Also, it like yeah. Anyway, um, I think that really plays into our like our our ideals of sexism and like the patriarchy in that that like if a man is like being like oh i fuck um mm-hmm. however people i don't know how people talk um and like that being like a point of pride or whatever 
while a woman says that and she's shamed for it. Mm. Now, now that's a problem. Yeah. Now what? It's a double standard. It's a double standard. Um, and that also like like plays into like queer relationships too. Is also like that like there's the a there's like the shame around like queerness, and then it's like oh that like this is like a tab like that's taboo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's well well another rapid fire part of the, my list. Um, I feel like it's also really like against mental health kind of like seeking talking about mental health i don't know if this is like i'm misremembering this but i feel like there's a lot of like there are some jokes that are like talking about like being like oh therapy's witchcraft um like i don't think they say that but like that kind of like conversation kind of things of being like therapy doesn't do anything as a person who is currently in therapy um yes it does um Mm, yeah it does a lot agreed agreed yeah I, I think they definitely do mention that a couple different times. I think the most notable account of like being like against mental health is like the um the kind of Leonard's mother in that show is Oh uh, yeah. Um psychologist or psychiatrist. psychiatrist, I think. And yeah. Who's always very cold to her and everything. Yeah. And I think the representation how they represent her is kind of how I think the show in general Kind of it, like is representing yeah. like mental health like professionals, I guess. Yeah, that um, they're this like analytic that they're like looking at it as like this is a analytical thing that I'm I'm studying you because you're different or whatever. It's like no, mental health professionals are there because like you're like because people's brains, everyone's brain is different. Mm-hmm. Like and the, like they are there to just be like let's figure out how your brain works because sometimes that can be terrifying yeah i guess and, and with that they also go in and shame like leonard for you know his issues yeah like whether childhood issues or whether whatever growing up yeah with like his mother and then also just not i don't i don't know they yeah i don't like how they they view it i guess yeah, i'm trying I, to think of there's a specific example i, I think I, I'll, with, but that this isn't in the idea of like neurodivergency and stuff like there is this kind of there's that running joke of like the i'm not crazy my mother had me tested oh um, yeah kind of thing which is like really really like a ableist b like anti-mental health like it is a it's like a whole like it's a whole bundle of stuff because i think sheldon is really played into a lot of tropes and ideas of what people think a couple different mental health things are because i think there well i think there are a couple different like neuro like neurodivergencies that could go that could be like attached to sheldon yeah um yeah but i and i think that like that that kind of behavior of being like oh i'm not crazy or whatever is like is super wild because like you his like quote-unquote craziness is like a played for jokes yeah. Um, and yeah. like his like analytical kind of his like whole mental health thing that is going on that is very obvious um is super it's like like a that's super damaging to like make fun of it because there are like real people are that like because of like how like their brain is that they are that way whether they like actually have like a like real not like saying anything's not real but like saying that like they like saying that they like either are just like thinking that way or there is like some sort of explainer with some sort of like um like neurodivergency within there that and and shaming that is super not helpful and super a shameful and also like re like like really like messes with the writing of the character because i think it like it really fucks it up yeah i think um in general i think like hollywood's depiction of I guess what they would refer to as crazy or like, you know, m- mental health in general. Yeah. Is really off. Really. Like it's really, it's really harmful in more cases than not. There are really bad representations of like mental illness and then just shaming it and saying that, you know, they're crazy or, or, you know, it being like in a mental institution or whatever. Yeah. And like all, all of, all of that is really damaging i think especially when everyone has mental health issues yes i mean i mean everyone can benefit from therapy and yes like i don't know i don't know as a person who like recently in therapy my therapist is like i think you just have anxiety like yeah period um 
putting a like a name to stuff. Well, and it's also, very validating. It's really validating, and it's really it's really helpful to just have someone be like, like this is a word to explain what you feel. And I th- mm. I I don't know. I think that's something that like a lot of people need. Because I I was like looking at like a like an Instagram thing that like someone was like. It was like uh, ADHD before and ADHD, like like before diagnosis and after diagnosis, and it'd be like very. And I I connected it a lot to like my like own anxiety, even though it's a different thing. Of that, it's like, oh, why am I feeling this way? Like, why, like, why am I anxious right now? It's like, oh, it's because I have anxiety, not because like like it's like something has triggered this, but it's like it's not. That's not like directly me. Like it's instead of like being like, oh, why is this happening? It's much more like, oh, I know why this is happening. And that can be really grounding to just be like, I, I like, this is what is happening right now. And it's not directly because of me. And maybe I can handle that. And, and I think just uh, brain chemicals happening here. Yeah. Your so head. my brain is, is like a little bit like, oh, did you have a feeling about that? I'm going to make it more intense for you. Um, yeah. And it, it's helpful because you can a little, you can detach yourself from your thoughts. A little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah, that can be really grounding and being like eye-opening it, that you have a, a a word to call it, whether it's diagnosable illness or whatever or anything. Yeah, like or that. if it's like a yeah, uh, like a name to call it. And I think that's I think it's true for a lot of different things because I I think that sometimes people just like this is kind of a a weird pull, but there's this I was listening to this one podcast and they were talking about how like this queer person like just was like oh i just like i'm just weird like it's like they weren't like i'm queer i'm like gay i'm like trans or whatever or like not binary whatever they were just like i'm just weird i'm just different like (laughs) and like just like having like that kind of like that word just having a word to just be like i'm just different yeah like is very validating just be like i i'm just like different i'm like alt i forget that that's the thing people call people that they're like you're alternative (laughs) um alternative rock alternative no people like call each other yeah, like alt it's like a weird yeah. thing yeah. but they say alt though like it's weird mm-hmm. like people are like are you queer or are you just like alt and it's like a whole thing i don't know why that's like a a joke maybe it's just my tiktok i think i'm just on a different part of the internet than you are anyway we can go to your topic now i think we've discussed we've gone into a deep dive i always enjoy the i always enjoy the big bang theory sucks yes um this will be an ongoing I probably How will. much of your list is still there? Oh, a lot. Oh, good, good. We have, um, oh yeah, we haven't even like, yeah, there, we, I, there's some other stuff that we could like crack into. Awesome. Um, but I think if, if we ever do exhaust the list, which might not happen, um, yeah. uh, I'll probably switch to another show because there's some other shows that I can tear apart if I really wanted to. Yeah. I think it's, it's cool to just even analyze anything you used to watch, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I think we talked about this a while ago is that you need to be like, hey, that show is really transphobic and it fucked me up. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's a healthy thing to do to be like, that's really fucked. And I don't like it anymore because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or hate watch it because of that. That's also a very <laughs> valid thing to do to be like, just watch something and just be like, I I hate this yeah. so much. Um, and then you like go do something else. Then you just like use that energy for something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. That was my second topic. All right. So this one I did not really prepare for that much. Uh, but I was interested in, in talking about um, the idea of waiting for inspiration versus feeling like you have to be like grinding away at whatever your craft is constantly. And how each of those philosophies can kind of be good and bad, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes waiting for inspiration can be a bit of an excuse and a little bit of a uh, crutch, at least for me, sometimes. That, you know, I don't always feel inspired whatsoever when I'm doing um, work. And sometimes that means, you know, you just have to like, I just have to go through the motions of something and see if it clicks. So yeah, I don't know. Well, how do you feel about that? Do you wait for inspiration or are you constantly trying to do work? Like, for example, your, you know, short film that you are have been concepting and working out. Yeah. Have you been feeling like you have this like pressure that you got to keep doing it or are you just like when it comes when an idea comes with it it comes or Um, I think I I think it's a little bit of both. Um, 
because I've been like trying to like, especially for that, at least like it's something that like when I, when an idea comes, I try to like make sure that like I work it out. Uh, but I also try to be like, at least like thinking about it and like working through other stuff. Like that's a part of it as, as often as I can. Uh, I'm just being like, like whenever I like have a second to be like, okay, like, like, what is this? What is that? Like, what do I, what do I want here? Like, and I think that's also like a thing in general. But I think it's also really natural in general in art to just be like, oh, this came into my head. I want to do this. Uh, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, I like like did like a like a uh, oil pastel sketch of just like a person. Mm. Um, I don't know where it is, actually. I have to find it. Um, mm-hmm. But like I just like did it really quickly and I was just I like just had a good time with it. And it's it's like stuff like that where it's just like you like doing just like if you have a feeling and you like have an emotion or you or like you are inspired, like for sure, use that. It like it is a like that is a spark within your being that you need that like you should foster if if you're willing to and you're ready to. Um, yeah, and I but I think it's also really important to like be working on your art to like develop that muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I think while like magic happens, like while like inspiration does strike randomly, uh, you also need to learn in that like in the same metaphor like fire kind of thing that you you also need to learn how to like light the match and just be like okay i like i can do this like i i i have this it doesn't need to be like spontaneous every time but i think it also is really important that you like you know what your vibe is to be able to get into a thing like i the other day i was like writing something and because i had like i wasn't like as intensely writing for a little bit but and I was I was just like writing a thing and then I just like got into an like a flow, um and I think that's something that like all artists need to be able to just like remember what that feels like and be able to turn it on when you can. Yeah, there's a couple things that came to mind when you were saying that. I think with that, I think it's so helpful, at least for me, that there's this. I think it's like this rule when it talk it's talking about procrastination that you tell yourself that you're only gonna do something for like five minutes and that's it. You're only gonna do the thing for five minutes and obviously it always turns into you wanting to do more and more of it yeah. you know if it's something you've been like putting off or anything like that and that's what I do with some of my own work with it whether it's I'm editing a video or editing this podcast okay I'm going to sit down and do it for five minutes, five minutes and that's going to be it but then there's also the, this idea that I think you know everyone should probably know is like the whole 10,000 hour rule that in order to be a master of something, you have to put in 10,000 hours worth of work to get to the quote unquote mastery level. And I think there's like some things wrong with that. But yeah, the idea of that you need to put in like consistent work on something and fail at it over and over again yeah. is important. And being able to constantly be working on whatever your craft is despite whether or not there's inspiration there or not, is uh, really important. With me, I think I sometimes can get a little bit of, a little bit scatterbrained because I get, when I get inspired, it's like, sometimes it's like completely different things. Like maybe it's like I'm editing a video and I need to really like work on editing that. But then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, last night I had the urge to <laughs> write, figure out yeah. how to write a song yeah. and learn all of that. So it's like a give and take. Sometimes you gotta have to, you kind of have to let your brain like go there, and and just follow it. And then also sometimes you just need to buckle down and and work your butt off on whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's a a big part of that too. Because something like I've noticed in myself is that like I like I like I do occasionally like really get like. Like I get, I like, I like have inspiration and I have to like go do it or like, but that's also like a lot of how my brain works and a lot of like what I'm learning is also like how my anxiety works. Um, is like, like the other day I was like, I think it was yesterday. I was like writing something for a class and I was just like, I was like not really enjoying it, but like, I don't know. It was like, it was like something harder to write and like not, I don't always enjoy like writing for like classes because Mm -hmm. especially like when it's like analyze this uh like ancient poem by some white guy i'm like i'm like i've read this before and i don't really give a shit um but that's also like sometimes i just have to like make it my own which is like why i really enjoy like 
writing speeches and writing um like my own stuff and like writing like stories because it's much more just like it's like i'm writing something that i would like to read and like that i find interesting which is also usually when like my stuff is better <laughs> i've i've been told um is that like because like occasionally like i'm i also like present a lot of like stuff um because that's just like a lot of what i do and, like i've like done presentations or stuff on like stuff i didn't like and then I've like done stuff on like stuff I really I'm really passionate about, and people are always like, "Why you? Whenever you're passionate about something, you put like a thousand percent into it." Yeah, it shows. Um, it shows. Um, because like like I did this one presentation on how like expiration dates don't matter, and like and then like my teacher was like, "Why was that so good for no reason?" Like you could like talk about like I could talk about that forever. Um, um, but. That's also just a lot of things that I'm interested in because that's also just how my brain works. And I think that's, I think the point I was trying to make is that sometimes you have to find where you're inspired and continue working there. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's, that's also like you, like you find where, what you're inspired by and like what you like, like, and then be like, okay, I'm, because I like that, I will put 10,000 hours into that. Yeah. And I, I think like inspiration is a wave you know it yeah, comes it's, it's and, a, it's a and goes and it's it's up to you to try to to whether or not you know to keep it going or not like say you have this you know inspiration for this you know film idea yeah. that's this whole feature film you're going to be inspired for maybe like two weeks and then you're gonna you're gonna write that or whatever and do yeah. all that but then it's going to take another year or two to make the entire film and you're not going to be yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be inspired the, yeah, entire, the entire time, time to do it. And that's what, you know, I think people have to also be cognizant of because you just have to also like work through it. And like, sometimes that's why I do feel like I like shorter form yeah. things because I can really just be like, inspired really do and it. Pump, pump it out yeah. and, and work on it. But it's a muscle that I think I've have to work on uh, is, you know, continuing on with that inspiration even after it's left and just keep working through. Yeah. Because I think that's all something we all have to work through um, as artists and I think people in general. You yeah. Know? And I think that's also something that's deeply tied to like burnout. Yeah. Um, And as being like, is that people, is that you, like if you work too hard that you get uninspired. And I think that is, I think it's perfectly natural and perfectly normal and also some like, a part of something that you need to learn to be like, okay, I've, I've put in my five minutes, my 10 hours, my like, like 30 minutes, whatever. Um, I'm done. I need to set it down and go do something else because that's, that's also how you keep that because it's like, it's like I have put my energy into the amount of energy I can put into this today and I will leave it here and pick it up later. And I think it's, 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 it's having the wherewithal to, to be like, this is a, a thing that I'm doing and a thing that I have a passion for. I need to come back to it. Back to the fire metaphor, because I'm really into metaphors today. <laughs> it's that I made a fire with the spark that I've been given. I'm going to leave it and go do another one. But I need to come back to it so it doesn't die. Yeah. Yeah. And I think talking about burnout as, as well with that, you need to have rest. You need yes. to have like periods where you're not doing anything because that's, often where you get the best inspirations and yeah. the best ideas from is where you get to turn your brain off of doing things um, constantly. Yeah. So it's a give and take. You have to be able to switch off and, and then when it comes, you know, work through it. Um, I, I think it's also really important to sit back and enjoy your work that you've, ar like, that you've already done. Not in like a super narcissistic way, but in a way of being like, look at the thing I did. Mm -hmm. Go me. Cause sometimes like that's, that's the thing that I'd like to do a lot, especially like, like if I'm in the middle of writing something, I'm like, Oh, I'm like getting a little bit frustrated right now. Why don't I just like read through the whole thing again? Just like check uh, a check for like errors and stuff. But B also just to be like, look at this thing. I did a cool thing. Mm -hmm. And isn't it nice? And it's sometimes really like gratifying to just be like, Oh, I've, I made a cool thing already. Yeah. Just step back and look at it. And I think that's also something that's really grounding and something that can really like help with that yeah are we at time yeah i think so okay great well i suppose this has been our third episode of burn everything i hope you enjoyed it 
Um, Do we have any plugs? I'm going to plug... What do I want to plug today? I will plug sex education. Mm. Um, even though I've already plugged it a lot. Very good. Um, and I like it. It's very wholesome, very gay. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Cool. Yeah, I will definitely say go do your research on some NFTs. I will also say to, uh, from our first topic today, maybe go check out uh, some more of the pop culture detective videos. Um, there's a few on there about like some of the things we talked about and they're really great. I would definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I think also with a shout out, uh, learn some, look, look some stuff up on like sexual health. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Like read up, mm-hmm. be careful, be safe. Yes. Ask for consent. Ask for consent. Um, yeah, I am, um, I'm John underscore Nicholas on Instagram for, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I am Matt underscore Nicholas on Instagram and just about everything else. Uh, you can also find me on my website uh, at mattnicholas.com. And yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been Burn Everything. Bye-bye. See you guys. Ask for consent, please. Do it. Please. please.